What's going on, worlds? This is Isaiah from Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Theo, Vincent, and Danielle. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube page at Making It Make Sense ITV and listen to new episodes every Friday. And maybe slide into our DMs on Instagram. Or actually, just leave us a comment at Making It Make Sense ITV. Stay conscious and stay lit. What's going on, world? And welcome back to a new episode of Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Theo, Vincent, and Danielle. Uh, We actually do not have our Vincent here with us today. He is booked and busy, but we love you, Vincent. Everyone except for Theo. And (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. Oh, my God. Um, so we are going to chit chat today though, and we're going to talk about allies versus co-conspirators and what that means to each of us, uh, and, and what the difference is, because there are some distinct differences and I think it gets conflated a lot, the two terms. Uh, so let's, let's get into it. Theo, Danielle, what do you guys think of this and what are your opinions? I think it's beyond the issue of semantics. It's a very important conversation, which changes and we change along with it. So once I used to think that allies was an appropriate word, but I'm not so sure about the effectiveness of using such an antiquated word, only because, um, and Theo in our preliminary conversations, I have to give credit to Theo, because Theo pointed out that um, um, being an ally does not require action, but being a co-conspirator is generally associated with verb, being a verb, you know, kind of a phrase that is uh, very um, action in nature. It requires some action. Um, And I've been thinking a lot about what Theo did say, and I'm I'm thinking about how being a co-conspirator is so important in this day and age because um, first of all, again, we've already said it's, I have already said it's not a matter of semantics, but it's also a matter of just showing up. And showing up does not mean that you need to physically show up and move your body to a specific place, but that you can show up for people and causes in your everyday life, right? You can embody uh, a posture of justice and equity across the table, whether you are white or black. And I, and I am always saying on this program that being white is really not a thing. Like in the 1920s, 1930s, and, and when folks were bringing, before race became an issue, real big issue in our country, folks identified, those who came to this country identified as um, Japanese Americans, Asian Americans, or Italian Americans, Irish Americans. So being white is really not a thing. You know why we have no birth certificates as well as, um, as, um, other documentation. Being black is absolutely a thing in my opinion. It's because enslaved folks, folks who were historically exploited, treated horribly, came together and drew upon our common ancestry, our common culture, and created what it means to be African-American or some say black American. So I'll, I'll leave it there for the time being and I'll let Theo hop in here. Yeah, I think, again, um, like we had before in our conversation we were having before this, 
uh, co-conspirators are people that we want around us. Um, ally to me is an outdated term. Allies are for those who tolerate us in their lives, who associate themselves with us in, in our lives or in the everyday world, and then go back home to the reality of whatever my position might be. For example, if I am a black person that I am, and you associate yourself with me, you go back to the reality of the white supremacist ideals and life and lifestyle, and then you just associate with me at work. That's an ally. I tolerate that black boy, that black man. Uh, if I'm being queer, you just tolerate queer people when you go to work or when you bump into them in the supermarket, but there isn't a, you, they're not intertwined in your life. They're not people that you are so, you know, who are the godparents of your children, who are there at your family functions and vacation with. Um, um, Co-conspirators are those people who you are weaved into their lives. You are weaved into their causes. When there is a bomb that they're throwing, a bomb of pepper spray, it, it hits you first because you are there dismantling systems with your co-conspirators, whether it's fighting for folks at the border or fighting for LGBTQ plus rights, or if another trans woman died yesterday, you are there in the front line protesting, saying how in, in, um, this injustice is inappropriate and it needs to be dismantled. And a lot, you know, co-conspirators are out there also changing laws so that we can all be equitable because we can do all the protesting we want, co-conspirators understand that we need to change these white supremacist laws that oppress and suppress black and brown people, period. So I don't need, don't ever call yourself an ally to Theo. I'm gonna smack you in your mouth. I need you to be a co-conspirator to Theo, to all my queerness, to all my blackness, to all my Muslimness, that's even a word, to all the things that embody this body. Yeah, Isaiah, I want to hear what you have to say. I, 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 Theo, I really love what you just said. Um, I really love it for so many reasons. Thank you. Uh, Theo, uh, Isaiah, what do you think? So following off of what Theo just said, that is a, uh, being a co-conspirator and being a non-person of color, a, a cishet person in my life, the requirement is to be a co-conspirator. There is no just allyship because again, allyship is, I am associating with you. I am standing in close proximity to you. It is not, I am standing hand in hand with you. I am yelling as loud as you are. I am, I think the best way to explain this is uh, this analogy that I heard that I, I really, I really identify with, and I use it kind of as a scale for myself in, in, in relationships with non-people of color, cishet people. Um, and do you, do you, should you have a space in my life? Because frankly, you know, defining if someone's a co-conspirator or an ally can sometimes be as dramatic as this might sound, but sometimes can be life or death you need to make sure that you're creating a safe space for yourself. Uh, but the analogy I, that I, I overheard, a co-conspirator would be, if I'm taking a statue down, okay, as was, has hap was happening a lot during uh, June of 2020, and I'd like to see continue happening excessively. Um, but what, 
that means is if I'm pulling the statue down and you're helping me pull the statue down and someone arrives to stop us, you should be jumping down and standing in between myself and that and those people coming to stop us so that I can finish what it is that I need to do for the greater good, for the cause that we're, we're doing this for. It's not about you saying, hey, maybe don't do that. Can you just go walk over there? No, it's that's not enough. You need to be fully immersed in it. You need to understand all of the facets of, of white supremacy and your space in that and your space in dismantling all of that around you, which means going into what may be the lion's den, you know, which could be family gatherings. It could be you getting together with your friends and you calling them out either when they make a comment or say something or just throwing it out there like, let's talk about it and not having a fear associated with that. That's what, what a co-conspirator is uh, for me. And, very people, think, and lots of people are also very comfortable, I think, and with yeah. being a ally. And because, you know, they've just gotten over, um, you know, it's been so much and they've gotten their head around being someone's ally. I, I believe it's an outdated term, throw it away. It is, we and oversaturate. And oversaturated. We, I, I, the amount of times that that is used to go, hey, I'm on your side. Wink, to me, wink. that's just basically wink, wink. To me, allyship sounds like those corporate emails that were going out in June of 2020 in human form. That's what by that July is they get what? What? Yeah. Go, what do you mean? So, like, that's a really good point. That's a really good point that um, diversity, equity, inclusion has kind of. Um, you know, been a, a pseudo attaboy, pat on the back for many people. You look cool. And, like, and yeah. that being an ally allows people to be sort of inactive. And um, and then, and I also want to speak to this, this erroneous, uh, false narrative that being, an, being a co-conspirator requires so much, requires so much. You can certainly exist in ways in which, um, you can certainly exist in a way in which you um, live so that people know that you're for the equity of all people. Oh. You're for the humane treatment of all people. Oh. There's an organic way to exist that you um, show that you are with the get down. You know, you are a co-conspirator. And mind you, yeah, we are not all equitable in terms of economics. Mm -hmm. Economically, we're not all equitable. Because there's some of us who have degrees and there's some of us that don't. There's some of us that have skills and don't. There's some of us that, you know, that can build a fucking bridge. And there's those, those of us that cannot. Uh, when it comes to human rights, we should all be equitable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When it comes to rights as us existing as our true authentic self, we should be all equitable. And co-conspirators understand that. So whatever resources you have in abundance, and you see that those around you who are disenfranchised, a co-conspirator co puts on those lenses and says, let me see how the resources that I have in abundance can be spread out evenly so that those around me benefit as well in whatever position you are in. 
And the word and is equity. Oh, I'm sorry. But I just want to make a point. The word is mm -hmm. equity. Again, this is not semantics or wordplay. I mean, I don't know. It's, a, it's such a wonderful and common um, uh, meme on the internet that shows the difference between equality and equity. And equity is so important. And so if you don't know the difference, not it's equality. And we're, we believe in so much equity here that we're going to all get it tattooed on our neck as our first group tattoo. <laughs> I'm still quite shocked that Theo is the one that suggested that because I thought it was going to be me first, but mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Um, I'm shocked that it's not a tramp stamp that he's suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have one of those yet. I, it might be time. <laughs> I am in my late, 40, late 30s. Um, I, I want to add on really quickly just to what Danielle was saying, and I think another facet of of being a co-conspirator is, you know, like we said, it's it's not always a this like sacrifice where you're throwing yourself. It, it, that's not it's not completely inclusive of that. But in situations, for example, like a lot of, and I noticed this, a lot of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, programs or departments I've seen run by non-people of color. Yeah. I find that to be kind of ridiculous in, in my opinion because to me you are centering yourself in someone else's work personally but I mean that's I mean that's my opinion but part of being a co-conspirator to me is also while you're standing next to that person hand in hand you're also making sure that you are not centering yourself in the middle of the story this is not about you you are here to help dismantle you are here to you're here to get continue moving the cause forward continue making sure that there's there's forward mobility in the movement, not to center yourself because you have to remember it's not about you. Or complain how exhausted you are. Okay, sorry What's to interrupt you, but also to complain like, no, how right. exhausting this is. And oh my God, oh. this is a lot. Oh my God, yeah. it's so draining. Yeah, welcome to the uh, welcome to the fucking race, bitch. Can you imagine how trans women feel? Can you imagine how black women feel? Do you imagine how immigrant people feel, especially after four years of dusty ass Trump? People are exhausted and we don't have the time anymore, the patience or the tolerance to sit here and teach you anything. And this is why I like to have co-conspirators in my life. An example of a co-conspirator in my life that I do have is a friend of mine that I'm gonna call out by name. Her name is Sharon. And we met years ago working at a clinic here in New York. And from the minute I met her, uh, I got her. From the minute she, I met her, she started speaking, we got each other. And she understood the plight of people of color, not just black people. She understood the, she understood the language. She understood the systems that were set up to hold people of color back presently and from the past. And she's, I don't shout out much white people because white people, a lot of white people make me uncomfortable because you have to teach them a lot. And you have to drag them along and pull out a fucking whiteboard and have erasable markers and shit because you always have to draw a diagram for them. But for those who get it, and us as people of color, we know when we meet a person and they get it without you. And sometimes I feel like as a black person, you are begging them to get it and you're begging them to see you. 
um, those days are over because I'm not doing that. If you don't see this black ass man and you don't see the systems that have been set up to hold me back, and because of those things, I've been, I got into where I am, you don't need to be in my life. But Sharon's one of those few white people in my life, which is maybe like Sharon and one other white person who get it, who I don't need to explain it to Sharon. When there is injustice, Sharon speaks out on it and she is vocal about trans rights, queer rights, black people rights, undocumented rights. She is out there and she's, she's in the trenches and she does the work and it's palpable. And, and, and I adore her for that. She is just an extraordinary woman that just happens to be white, but that's not her fault. And yeah. she told <laughs> You know, that, that's why this, converse, this conversation is super important. And I know all the conversations we have are super important, super important, but contextualizing this conversation is necessary because race has been a thing in our country and in our world for millennia, for centuries. And, and people have benefited. People have had the privilege of benefiting from being white in this country for at least 500 years. People have benefited. And so it is a thing that blankets our, our reality. We say this so many times, when you're born, you're, the doctor slaps you on your buttocks and they, they categorize you. Okay, this, this baby is male, this baby is black or white, this baby is this and that. So we're all born into this system. And so by that same token, we know that it takes work and a level of, of cognizance to dismantle the system, right? And you shouldn't be put off by that. You shouldn't think it um, too much for you to engage in the fight for equity, but you should understand that it's gonna take some thought, some consideration, some empathy, and some knowledge about how to exist clinically in a manner in which you help fight for the rights of all people to be treated clean. And we will not be recommending any literature to you because Google is free, so you better go look yourself. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Google is free, but the context sometimes, you know, I've seen people, uh, sure. yeah. So yeah. this is that that even uh, the importance uh, of this kind, these kind of conversations. I'm so, so thrilled to have these conversations. And Sharon, good for you. Good for you, Sharon, fighting for everybody's right and existing in an organic way and showing people that it is possible. It's not cumbersome or tiresome or taxing to do what is right. In this Imagine, hola, Sharon. Isaiah, what do you want to say something? You know, and, and just to, to add to that, um, that is one of the things that I mean, amongst many other other things, but uh, that I love my husband. He, frankly, it, one of the things that I really appreciated or appreciate about our marriage is that I don't feel like I've had to, I don't feel like it's, it, I've had to be exhausted, like an exhaustive teacher about anything. You know, I feel like he kind of just got it already. You know, um, just like Sharon, honestly, like no explanation needed. Uh, and one of the ways I kind of knew this to begin with was, 
if we go, and still even to this day, if we go on a road trip, we happen to be driving through a certain area that happens to be incredibly white um, <laughs> before, in anticipation, before we've arrived at that space, my spouse has already thought to go, hey, I'm going to drive this leg of the trip especially if it's in the evening yeah, so unfortunate um, at the same time too. very but all but just very protective do you know yeah. he actually told me um about a sundown town up here that i did not know was the sundown town up here where and, upstate new york yeah you see a different breed oh uh, you know theo <laughs> but like he he told me about that i i did not know um, and so whenever we have to go that way through that mm. town, um, he'll go, I'll drive. And, he and just... where do you think, a question I have, where do you think Sean learned that? You know, and I always am kind of like, I've wondered that I've never asked him actually, because where it is just he? Where is that really? white man, Sean? That we we actually <laughs> we actually like Sean in this. I mean, I can podcast. yes, we we love our Sean. Um, I'm gonna be real annoying and just call him real quick. Hold on, call I'm him. Gonna... But you know, my <laughs> friend Sharon, she said um, she said that she grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and she said that she grew up in an area where there were black and brown people, and she understood because those are the people that she played with online. Not online, but you know, she played with in the in the playground, and she spoke with, and she saw people of color right along with her. She so she played, they played, and it was always equitable for her. Yeah, and so as we uh, begin to wrap up, um, this, this conversation is uber important. I I I cannot say it enough. I just. I, and I'm, I'm interested to know where Sean learned such a thing. I mean, I have a suspicion that it's a matter of empathy and love for- I actually family. just, I just called, sorry, not to cut you off, Daniel. Yeah, Is just, Sean there? Uh, yeah, Sean. I hear Isaiah. him. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, okay. so yeah, so- <laughs> Sean, Hey, Sean. Real quick. Where, where is he? Oh, he's, hold on. You have to put your face kind of near. <laughs> well, you can hear him, but. Okay, I'm here. We don't see <laughs> Look, he doesn't uh, The question is, where, where do you learn to be a co-conspirator? So we are, told, we, we are told, and, and we're, we're, we're about to close the show, but we're told that you do a really nice thing in offering to drive through really um, racially fenced areas in the South for your spouse, your uh, for Isaiah. But where do you learn to be a good co-conspirator? I always, I was telling them like, I just always felt like it was like kind of built into you, but yeah, where does, I've never asked you, where did that come from? I mean, I just feel like it's, it's, yeah, I feel like it's more just built into you and, um, definitely a good family background a strong family background for sure um but just through different experiences and stuff definitely you learn how to how to accept people for who they are and be supportive of others and stuff so yeah i think that's really where 
and definitely uh, Granny, my grandmother. Um, she was from the deep roots of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, you definitely would expect, a, you know, when you think of a Southern person, you would think very much of um, not the nicest of people sometimes or very racist, racist at times. Yeah. And my granny, she was nothing like that at all. She was very accepting of others. She would go to all different churches and um, kind of take part in all different religions just because she loved getting to know people for who they are and their backgrounds and stuff. And I think, again, it's just really the, the strong family background. Well, the spirit of your granny lives in you, so thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Granny. Uh, thank you. It's like my yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was one of the best. She was a good well, one. As we wrap up, any final thoughts, Theo? Um, God, we need more people like Sharon and like Sean to be co-conspirators in that way. And thank God for people like Sean's grandmother who looks like they were co-conspirators even from back in the day. Literally. <laughs> How about you, Isaiah? Any final thoughts? You know, I my main final thought here is really just to is just to stress that that if you're going to if you're going to call yourself an ally, just give us fifty feet. Just give us fifty feet. Don't even don't even come over here. <laughs> Keep it co-conspirator or peace <laughs> like. well until next time there you have it folks until next time it was a distinct pleasure as always this has been theo vincent uh in his pre in his absence isaiah and yours truly danielle until next time until next time everybody until next time Your situation's out the door So grab somebody and get your ass